Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. It is March 17th. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Lincoln Shrike, our email address, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Lincoln, how you doing? Pretty good, you know, as, as good, I think, as I can be. Yesterday was a bit of a, uh, I don't know what you want, a, a challenge. Uh, my son came, came down with a, a fever and a cough, so that was a little nerve-wracking, but he has an ear infection, and mm. uh, but unfortunately, with the way things are, uh, allowed my mind to go to what everyone else is thinking about with him. I mean, I would have been surprised if that was the case, but <sighs> he's not a sick kid and he, he we we were wondering what was going on and it just wasn't a whole lot of fun, basically, is all I'm saying. But he's getting better and so that makes me feel good. And uh you take you 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 don't take the little things for granted anymore. So that's where we're at. Feeling good. Eating he's eating uh French fries for breakfast. So uh <laughs> We've learned, just, uh, we've yeah, learned to ahead. appreciate ear infections at this point, Yes, right? I was so happy that he had an ear infection that I, uh, I yeah, I could have leapt out of the room. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know other people are dealing with, dealing with this, and, and, you know, a lot of people are going to get coronavirus, and we may not completely avoid it. I don't know. But as things stand right now, it doesn't have it. So it was a breath of fresh air for us yesterday. Good. Glad to, glad to hear it. Glad to hear he's recovering. We are recording this remotely, if you can't yes. tell. So if the banter isn't up to the level that it normally is, it's because it's missing that in-person dynamic that really elevates this podcast uh, above all others. Although I can see Lincoln on the, the video call here that we have. He can't see me. I turned off my video because I thought it would make the connection better. But I can see Lincoln. He is sitting underneath a fine piece of art. There's cactus <laughs> above him. There is a yep. white wall. And... Uh, you don't look any worse for wear, so you're you're doing good. Uh, you're hanging in there. I'm trying to remember to shave and take care of myself, uh, but uh, that's about all I can do right now. You know, we're 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 at home for the foreseeable. F- you know, I, I I feel like it's like every day I'm like I should probably not leave the house. I mean, I can go outside and maybe run in my neighborhood, but at the, at this point, I think we've entered the stage where it's like I, I don't even want to go anywhere right now just to be safe. I went to the grocery store this morning before we started because of the abbreviated hours. It makes it difficult, and I thought being there at 8 right when it opens would be a good thing, but there was a line to get in, so maybe maybe it wasn't, although there was stuff there, so that, that was a good. plus. That's good. Was it all vegan food? Mostly. Uh, a lot of soy, oh, okay. soy riso. That was just unlimited <laughs> soy riso. Uh, paper products were already almost out, and I got there at 8.20. It was it was remarkable. People in masks and gloves. Strange strange new world that we now reside in. But other than that, my outside time has just been running, like you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Getting a new appreciation for the old for the old house and family time. Watched Lion King with my son the other day. Mm. Uh, he was not a fan of Scar, to no one's surprise. But uh, yeah. So just just living the home life for a while until further further notice. Should we should we discuss what? <laughs> this is a cancellation podcast now. Um, should we discuss the the news of the day? Well, before we started recording, the Diamond League announced that the first three meets have been postponed slash canceled. And I say canceled because the Doha meet doesn't have a date that it's rescheduled towards. That's mm-hmm. just off right now. Shanghai has a potential new date of August 13th. And then there was a, (laughs) I love the yet to be determined location in China meet that is off as well. That doesn't have a rescheduled date because they don't even have a location. So that's tough. As expected, the first three diamond league meets won't happen. That would mean that the potential kickoff could be May 16th in Stockholm. Oh, sorry. May 24th in Stockholm. Excuse me. I mean that that's not going to happen either, right? I mean, I, I can't say that definitively, but we, everybody is in denial on some levels. I mean, just I know Sweden hasn't necessarily been hit hard by this yet, but I I, I don't we're I you know here in the states, I don't think we're going to be out of the woods by by May. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. I I understand. Obviously, they're not going to wipe out the whole season right now, but 
I will be stunned if the world, the, the track veil world is in Stockholm in, on May 24th for a track meet. I don't know specifically how bad it is there, but I do know that this is where track being an international sport, a global sport, is difficult to manage because you have people yeah. coming in from all corners of the globe. So it's going to make it very hard to, to sort things out because a country itself may not have a, a huge issue with it or maybe it's on the the downside of it maybe the the number of cases is going down and there's a hope that it's 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 contained but then you bring in people from other parts of the world and that's that in, introduces a new dimension also just crowds in general i think this year people are going to be hesitant to to do things where they're assembling a, a large crowd this goes for the diamond league and also for the olympics so i think these events need to f- decide are they okay with hosting these things without big crowds and if so you think okay well maybe something in the summer might might work out but but if not i could see they just say we're not going to do it because without a crowd it's not worth it oh absolutely i mean it's i think that's the the route you're seeing other other sports take and and, and that's obviously because of the risk of just the athletes having it but this thing spread so fast and the, the, the element of being asymptomatic, I feel like I'm a, trying to speak like a medical expert like yesterday with Gordon and, and, and stuff. But, but I mean, I, it, it's just so easy to spread. And, and it, regardless of if it's worth it to do it without crowds, yeah, I mean, our, our country's going to, if it's spreading here in the U.S., they're not going to want people coming from the U.S. over mm-hmm. there that could have it. I mean, it's just there's so many factors still to be determined. And I understand they had to make this step. And we all... Going back a month ago, we were looking at the calendar and being like, well, we know Doha is not happening on April 17th. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's kind of remarkable. It took until about, you know, it took a month until uh, a month before that for them to, to finally to wipe that out or postpone it, I guess, or I guess cancel it. I mean, it's, it's, it's canceled. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just like, it feels like every few weeks we're going to be like, okay, so this meet's going to be off mm-hmm. and this one's going to be, so we'll see where things go. I'm not optimistic. The IOC met this morning, I believe, and they released a big statement. In part, it said they remain fully committed to the Olympic games. And with more than four months to go, there's no need for any drastic decisions at this stage. And any speculation at this moment would be counterproductive. So there you go. Okay. Okay. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, you can look at, that's a, that's a perfect glass half full, glass half empty type thing. You can look at it and say, oh, that's, that's good. They're not, they're, it's, it's a while to go and we don't need to, to make any rash decisions. Or you can say they didn't, they basically used a bunch of hot air words and said, said nothing. I mean, we're, obviously this is a, a sports Federation or whatever sports committee making trying to you know make prognostications about what's going to happen with the pandemic. So we have no idea. But but uh, I don't know. I it I <laughs> I will be stunned if the Olympics is it still goes on in in July and August. I wonder how much the average citizen in Japan wants the Olympics to go on. At this point. No, you, do you want millions of people in your? I mean, that's not gonna be millions, but you know, thousands upon thousands of people in your country. I mean, I definitely scenarios where there's, you know, limited fans, no fans. That 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 makes tons of sense. That what no event is worth it, no matter how much money has been pumped into it, no matter you know how much advertising cash NBC is gonna lose here. I mean, it, 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 no event is worth it having people coming in from from countries that are still dealing with this. It's just, it, it, the Olympics have the benefit of time right now, but four months will go quickly and they'll need to decide in the next two if, if they're going to have this. And I, I just don't, cases are going up. So I know they're going down in China, but like no yeah. one else is doing the measures that China is doing. And uh, I don't know if we can do that in democratic countries, but, but, <laughs> that's why it's it's going down in China because they they've taken it nuclear basically in in, in testing and and making sure people are away from each other. We're not doing that here. You could st- you know I could go to a restaurant right now and 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 pass it if I had it and and so cases are still going to go up. 
and mm-hmm. four months seems like a long time. And I know the IOC is going to say it is, but it's not that long of a time. And I, I wish I wish I could say say different, but I, I I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to wager a guess. The more I read, the less I feel like I know about what's going on. It's one of those situations. I have seen some talk online about them, the IOC, and others being concerned of like, well. How are they going to qualify for these games? Yeah. But yeah. I, to me, I think that's a that will if that problem arises, that's a good problem to have because that means mm-hmm. hypothetically, it, assuming that everybody's operating in in best interests of everybody's safety and well being, that they've gotten to a point where they're going to have the Olympics and oh shoot, we only have a shorter amount of time to pick the team. Now that's obviously going to be controversial how they do it because it's not traditional but i would hope that athletes would understand that sending somebody would be better than sending nobody and i don't think you could do this like in track i don't think you could be like okay we'll just take last year's world championship results i don't think you'd have to do i don't i feel like it almost would need to be subjective where you get a committee together to decide Mm. that is able to weigh things like well that person didn't compete a whole bunch last year, or they've already shown like really good form. Um, what I'm saying is like you and Gordon should pick the team. I, I've always said that, and I, I, I make sound decisions, and people, I think, would 100% be behind our, our who we choose to, <laughs> and and that's one thing. In, in a serious note, like let's let's say a scenario plays out where it's like the Olympics can happen, but the U.S. trials can't. I mean, right, right. is USATF going to select the team? I mean, talk about firestorm controversy. Well, that's what I'm How saying. In the world- people need to be reasonable at that point and say, look, this is a bad... So the choice is, is sending an imperfect team or sending no team. Yeah. Right? And in that case, yeah. it's just you got to cut people some, some slack. But I think we're we're obviously getting way ahead of ourselves here. I just I don't think that that's the major... Obviously, that's not the major issue of the day. No, it's not. It's not. But I don't know. The Olympics, the Olympic trials are coming up somewhat quickly. So it's a, but everything's on the table right now. Uh, um, it, 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 yeah. The, the, when you think about qualifying for just the trials or, you know, hitting a standard, it's like, well, that feels like that's going to be out. I mean, standards to a degree, I mean, it's, 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 a lot of people are lucky to have the standards, and they're they're in a good position right now. But for those people that don't, uh, will things be relaxed if if we still have a games at all? I mean, I, I I so many unanswered things and so many things that we've never had to consider before. Because at least as a sport, we've never in the modern era have never had to um, had to endure this before. I I you know I don't know anybody that was alive in 1918 when the last flu i I don't know how people got in their miles i don't know how like how they updated their strava pages back in in the 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 19 teens but must have been tough during that spanish flu you just logged it manually i think like you had Mm -hmm. to go to to mapbyrun.com and then you had to you had to punch it in manually um yeah i it's unprecedented for sports but it's also in the modern era, unprecedented for all of society. So asking sports to get it right or to have some sort of playbook to go off of is un- unrealistic. I'm just getting in front of that right now and just saying if we get to that point, it'll be a very good pro- uh, problem to yes. have. Yes, yes, totally. And what do you think the uh, the new brand sponsor of the Diamond League, Wanda, uh, off to a tough start their first season with uh, the Diamond League, not through no fault of their own, but yeah. I mean, it's across across the board. You and Gordon talked yeah. about this yesterday when I listened to you guys at one point five x speed while doing my <laughs> my social distancing <laughs> run. My one time outside, I was listening to you guys. So you should feel feels pretty good. You should feel honored. Yeah, and then after yeah. you guys, I forgot what I hopped over to a different pod. But I've been trying yeah. to listen to every single podcast that's ever been made during this time. Yeah. Uh, it's we have no idea how it's going to impact the the financials of like any of these companies that are involved in running you guys speculated but you could all you could see it playing out in a bunch of different ways obviously not the yeah. highest highest priority but yeah that's just that's just one, one of those things that we didn't really you don't really think that that's a big deal until it happens and then you're like oh wait well how will people get if there's no olympics and that's where all these budgets are geared towards 
How are right. people going to be sponsored? Because we talk about the gig workers all the time now. That's become the thing of like what's going to happen to the gig workers in in this in this new economy. And uh, there's a lot of professional athletes out there that are making twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year, and they're getting yep. a lot of that based on like, racing and winning it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to be there for a while, and they have no uh, marketability other than, I guess, their social media and their posts. I, I, I just don't. Maybe, maybe uh, brands will have a you know a measure of good faith and say we want to give you what what you would have deserved. But world isn't always so kind, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's going to be interesting to see if you know is anybody going to sign in the next couple months with no track meets? I doubt it, mm-hmm. but um, we, we just have no idea. This is an entirely new frontier that no one ever predicted. So I think it's just everybody pressing pause on every, yeah. on virtually yeah. everything and helping out as much, as much as you can. You wrote uh, an article on the website. It was not about things getting postponed. Well, it sort of was, I guess, in a way. Five biggest questions left unanswered by NCAA. Indoor cancellation. Uh, would yes. you like to talk about your article? Uh, I actually sure. had six questions, so I really don't know why you were able to cut this to five. Just left a lot of Well, it started out as ten, and then I – it started out as ten, and then I wrote too much on each one, and I said, I don't think I want to – Ooh, so is there an extra five that you can reveal now? Um, well, I deleted them on my doc, so I would have to actually remember them. Um, but I, I could, I could, yes, if I can rack my brain, I can, I could come back to those. But let's go to the ones that are actually on there. <laughs> this was a little bit of a unique concept for me. Five things that aren't going to happen. I had never really. Uh, Never waded into that waded into that territory before, uh, but my first one, my first unanswered question that we didn't get to find out was Danny Jones going to become an all time great, which seems a little bit. Uh, it's like wow, did you know was she? Was that a little bit of a stretch? I guess, and and, and obviously the 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 term all time great is not defined, so you have to kind of make up your own mind what that is. But yeah, I think she's Jones, already an all time great. What yeah, we're we talking about. Well, anyways, she she uh, Dane Jones of Colorado was going to run the eight hundred in the mile, and if she managed to pull off the sweep, it I don't know if an eight hundred uh, champion has ever won a cross country title, but I seriously doubt it. And if she was going to do that, I mean, her titles would have been eight hundred mile, three k DMR, outdoor five k, and cross country. She had a ser- serious roadblock in Nia Aikens who had almost broke the collegiate record in that 800, mm-hmm. and she's very inexperienced in the 800. But I just thought this was going to be so much fun to watch her try to contest this. The double in itself is difficult just from a time standpoint. It's a, it's a quick back-to-back. Um, and I don't know. We just had never really seen it, at least in the, in the last few years, somebody tackle this unique of a, of a two-race thing when their strengths maybe lie outside of that. Uh, you know, the, the mile 3K would have been a more attainable double for her, I think, but for her to do this and if she could have somehow found a way to win the eight and we all thought she was going to win the mile, but if she would have done this double, I mean, she would have had titles from 800 to cross country. And that, that to me would have put her in the vein of somebody like Jenny Simpson, who Simpson in her career, when she was Jenny Berenger was breaking collegiate records at all sorts of distances, winning titles, but crucially Simpson, you know, she didn't win cross country and obviously she never contested a, uh, a 800, so, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I just thought you take Simpson's records and then if you would have seen what Jones could have done here, could have been on a similar, similar wavelength. Uh, and, and that's obviously saying something considering what Simpson was and has, has developed into as a professional. If you had asked me at the beginning of the indoor season, which two events Danny Jones is going to do at NCAA indoors, I think mile and 800 would have been very low on my list and that's I mean, what I wouldn't even, made yeah. it cool that's what made this this so interesting yeah but certainly wouldn't have even considered the 800 as as an option so and we don't even really we didn't really get to find out like what the thinking was behind it i i mean i we can assume it was to kind of get the wheels moving to, you know work on some speed try something new i mean her resume speaks for itself she didn't need to 
you know, boost it with another 3K title just to show us how good she was. But, like, why exactly she did this? We did, we never really got to kind of find that out. Mm-hmm. And obviously, didn't, we'll never get to see how she, how she, uh, how she fares in this. And in all likelihood, her, her Colorado career is over, which is uh, kind of the last sentence I wrote was, it's her trek up the mountain was cut short as she approached the summit. I mean, it's poetic, a, Lincoln. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. But but a bit, that's well, it, we it don't was, know. Like, we don't know about r- outdoors. R- we don't know about outdoors yet. We don't know. That's speculation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. She could come back. Obviously, if you're gonna, if if they're going to grant another season of eligibility, she could come back. Um, athletes just don't n- know yet. You know, we haven't seen anybody got on there and like I'm coming back for another year. Like I, we we everyone is just still catching their breath from this um so um i i assume she's going to turn professional but maybe she does throughout this weird year say i'll come back for another spring season so uh yeah just disappointing not get her get to see her in her element here or i guess you could say outside her element in in a uh 800 mile double for sure we got we got an email flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com because we were speculating about other big range feats and we, mm. we got we didn't really get to talk about it. We have all these emails about actual running, which we haven't been able to talk about. But I want to read some of them here today. But this one from Case is particularly applicable. And he says, not exactly the same, but 800 XC prowess. He says, Lopez Lamong while at NAU. Um, I think that might be the closest one. I'm looking on this doc here that you sent over Case. And that's Case Van Arkel. You want to know a story? About Case Van Arkel. That is that was my college roommate. <clears throat> well, that, I was going to say, don't give away people's last names on the show. But if he's your roommate, mm. I think uh, I think that's fair. I didn't know he was a listener. That's good. We <laughs> sent that six six days ago. Yeah, we we shared a house uh, my sophomore and junior year of college. But that's cool. Lopez Lamont. Yeah, similar. Uh, I, definitely, uh, I could see that a similar type of a skill set there, and has had a long and very very successful career in a second act. I uh, don't think Lopez won cross country ever. No, I know. So. Look, stop being so literal with your former roommate here. I don't think he's saying literally he did the exact same thing, but someone who. No, 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 no. But, but yeah, 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 yeah. A, 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 a skill set. Case, of a, of I'm with you on this vein. one, Case. I think Lincoln's insufferable. I've spent a lot of time with him, too. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you and I, Case, have a lot in common. We've both spent large stretches of time living in the same. Uh, domicile as, as Lincoln, y- you mm. in Springfield. Missouri? No, wait. Was it Springfield, Missouri? Where? where, where yeah. Jer- okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, me in Doha, Qatar, where we were for twelve days together. So I can relate. I'm looking at some. Uh, I want to look at some Lopez. Some Lopez greatest hits. So, 2006, he was fourth at the NCAA 800 meter championships, and then later yeah. on that fall, he was fourth in cross country. That's pretty good. Yeah. Point case. Yeah. 2007, he won the 1500 at NCAA Outdoors. Okay. Was third in cross. Yeah. That's a point. Also won indoor. Looks like he won the indoor 3000 as well that year. Yeah. And then was fifth. Okay, so he was. This is crazy. I'm saying this kind of out of order because this is going calendar year. So obviously, cross country is yeah, the next yeah. year. But yeah. in the in the calendar year 2007. He in the 800, he was fifth at USA's. He won the NCAA 1500, won the NCAA 3000, and third in cross. That's nuts. That, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and that that was a tough era of. I don't know who would have won in 2007. Would that have been McDougal? But um, you know, those were the years. 2007 anyway. for cross was McDougal, Rupp, Lamong. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's, that's a, that was a tough era too to to compete in cross country and and uh, woof. so that was his yeah. last that was his last cross country season because then oh wait so I, I he had just like one looks like he had one remaining cross country season that was just dangling out there. So is this a Lopez Lamong appreciation? Podcast? I just no, it's a case man. Case VA appreciation podcast because you were like, hey, he literally does not. Ha- he has he got third in the in cross, and yeah. and had a uh, what well, he had NCAA titles in the three thousand, the fifteen hundred, 
And then also, what did I say he did in the 800? Fourth? Third or fourth. Yeah, yeah. fourth. <clears throat> fourth. And then a fourth and a third in cross. So I mean, look at the guy's body of work overall now as a 34-year-old. He's run like... 145 to 27, what, oh, something in the 10,000. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, Do you know who was one spot behind him in the in the 800 that year, in the 06-800 outdoors? NCAAs or USAs? NCAAs. He got four. Ooh. Hold on. No, you can't look uh, it up. That's not the point. Okay, 06? I don't want to – I just want to get – I don't want to – I mean, when uh, – I'm asking because it's I, obviously it's a famous person. Yeah. In the track I mean, world. Cadivas, K- 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 too old. Nick Simmons, D3. Uh, Christian Taylor, no. Christian Taylor. Uh, uh, Christian, Christian Smith. Christian Smith. But C- Christian Taylor, and then during that weird era <laughs> where he was like 17 and doing the 800, he, that was a weird he time. Is, he is good at the open 400, so I get um, it. No, I don't. I have no idea. Dwayne Solomon. Okay. Yeah, USC. Yep. So he he okay. he beats Dwayne Solomon and that and then that fall gets fourth and then the following year yeah wins the fifteen hundred. Okay. Uh, so pretty Legend. incredible, pretty incredible yeah. range there in that fifteen hundred uh, that he won. Do you know any other? Yeah. I mean, so this is oh seven. So do you want to take a guess at anybody else in that field? In the NCAA field. Uh, See, this is unfair. I was in high school, so I was more I was more paying attention to. Well, you know who wasn't was. napping on this? Who was in your age group? Case. Case <laughs> was studying this stuff. You were out playing like Mario Kart or something. Mm-hmm. That's true. Learning how to become okay. a content creator, and Case was <sighs> studying. I know. Formulating a body of work that just far super far surpassed all of your knowledge. All right, I'll tell. I'll just tell you. I'll d- yeah. I'll just say. So Lopez Lemong won it second in three thirty seven. Nonetheless, second wow. second place a guy by the name of Leo Manzano. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Russell Brown third, Vincent Rono fourth, Kurt Benninger fifth, Max Smith sixth, Garrett Heath seventh, Ben True eighth. Pretty good wow. top eight. Pretty good top eight. Very solid. Now those guys are all either retired or just Lopez Lemong, who's somehow going to be like a metal threat at like 35. So Lemong and True, Lemong and True are the oh he, Heath, Heath is still yeah I think he was injured last year still but. active yeah yeah okay so what's the other unanswered question what are the other unanswered questions that you got here about yeah I, I was interested to see I have a line here how would Devin Dixon respond to adversity I didn't really know how to label that so I'll, I just went with adversity you know he was so good last year in the regular season. And uh, he entered as the favorite indoors and really faded and kind of had a weird race where it seemed like he kind of like almost hit the wall in the middle of the 800 indoors. And that was the kind of the coming out party for Bryce Hopple. And then Hopple beat him again outdoors. And I didn't think Dixon had that bad of a race outdoors. But still, you know, he was very disappointed in himself, even <clears throat> in finishing second and just failed to live up to the hype, I guess you could say, by of being uh, a guy who had run 144. Um this year he had a weird, weird indoor season. He had only run 147. Uh, but he did win in SECs, and so the things looked to be trending up. So I, I kind of wondered, is the fact that he was knocked down a peg, would that have taken the pressure off of him? And, and would he have risen to the occasion of being somebody who was really experienced? Um, but the, the last line, I guess I'm kind of reading my, my, my last line each time is, it's it's weird that somebody of of his caliber, somebody who's so fast in the four hundred and obviously has great eight hundred marks, is gonna in all likelihood end his career without an NCAA title. Now it's the same thing with Jones. He could come back for another spring season, uh, but it, it that would to be be surprising. He uh, TBD. We don't know. Yeah, TBD. But anyways, it I I just was wondering if. If this was just going to take some of the pressure off Dixon, and, and maybe, and I think for him, that's that's saying something more than it would for other people. He's admitted that he's kind of struggled with the spotlight on him at, at certain moments, and it has, has allowed his mental game to get in his way. That being said, you know, we all kind of agreed last year that Hopple was at certain points unstoppable. So even as Dixon said, 
oh, I allowed my mind to get in my way. Yeah, maybe he wasn't going to beat Hopple, period. Obviously, Hopple now, not there anymore. Um, but he had kind of a strange season, and I just thought, uh, maybe he, he's figured out a, a formula that'll work for him, and he can win at NCAAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, some of the other ones on here. I mean, bringing up the whole NAU race, would that have worked? That would have been fun. USC, could they have won without a Nelson Brissett? I think the answer yeah. to that one was yes. And then who would have, <laughs> who would have become the, the NCAA star, which was open. It was, it was vacant. Yeah. Someone could have, could have stepped forward but, and really vaulted themselves to outdoor, which obviously won't have that either. So we don't know. That one mm-hmm. is, is, is going to be much harder and take a lot longer to, to figure out. But these were, these were good questions, Lincoln. You did good here. Oh, appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Made up for the fact that you don't know anything about Lopez Lamont. <laughs> or his peers back in the, the, the middle 2000s. Did you drink um, almond milk when you were roommates with Case? No. Okay. No. Would have, would have still been a dairy milk, uh, okay. you know. But that, that, that was when I was allowing the system to still bog me down, you know. I just was a – I was an adherent to You're what was sheep, being told man. to me. Yeah. I just don't follow anymore. I just go the opposite direction. <laughs> Um, so, uh, man, I, no, I was watching, so on, this is a sidebar here, which I think we have room for these now. I was, uh, I had, Netflix had a documentary before this all went down they, they had released and it was conveniently timed, I guess, called Pandemic. I'm sure yeah. you've seen it and maybe not seen the show, but I'm certain you've seen it on your, on your page on Netflix. And so finally worked up the nerve to start watching it. And episode two starts with this mom of a family and talking about how every you know people sports leagues aren't going to let their kids play because she's not vaccinating them and it's just like freaking me out and I know we all make fun of me because I eat a vegan diet and everything but I just want to make clear to our listeners that I do vaccinate my child (laughs) I know you give me a hard time but if this needs to be a PSA to anyone out there thinking about either having kids or has kids you should vaccinate your your children and uh just don't want anyone to ever think that I'm taking that lightly because uh, in a time like this, obviously you can't vaccinate right now against the coronavirus, but let's not add anything else to the lineup here Correct. while we're at it. If you can go ahead and get your kids vaccinated, that'd be great. PSA there from mm-hmm. Lincoln. You and Gordon didn't talk about the Semenya decision yesterday about how she's going to pursue the 200. You just talked about... Akani Sambine and just roasted Akani Sambine, and then I had to basically walk it back because I was like, "Oh wait a second, he was fourth, fourth last, last year." year. <laughs> Whoops! Good job. Yeah, just really showing my, you know what? There. Um. So Sambine's going to run the two hundred. Uh, I think we found this out last week. A lot of news has happened since then. Uh, she has run what twenty three something. Yeah, she just ran twenty three forty nine. The standard is. Jason and I were talking about this on the pod yesterday. She basically needs to be able to – this is a small sample size, but that's what made the NCAA final last year. It's 22-8. Yeah. Well, I think 22-8 was the first one out, so you had to be a little bit quicker. And we were comparing that to the men's – like the men's standard is 20.2, but she's around 49. Point. Yeah, I was going to say the the, the 400 – where she's starting obviously doesn't look – incredibly promising but when you have when you've run 49 seconds in the in the 400 i can see her getting down and in, into that and range and, and honestly like it's going to get overshadowed right now because the sports world is on pause but like good on her for for trying this um i i think you know i i disagreed and i think you were in the same boat exactly how everything was handled in the 800 and her not being able to do the 400 to the 15 um, but you know, I think at certain points she was considering running uh, even the 5,000 and, you know, she was going to run the three K and, and the diamond leagues, but the 200 may be a better path for her and, and just doing whatever she can to stay in the sport. And it's going to be when track resumes, it's going to be interesting to see, obviously you wish things could have be some, some of us wish she could have been able to do the event that she was strongest at others obviously strongly disagree but it's going to be interesting to see see how she how she fares in this the 200 is at its best can be an incredibly strong event and i doubt that she's going to be somebody who's 
capable of competing with the women who are at uh, at the top. I don't think she's going to be fighting with Dean Asher Smith for medals or or uh, you know uh, Shawnee Miller Weibo. But yeah. who knows? I won't. I won't completely rule that out at, at this at this juncture, considering how good she is in the four hundred. That's a, to me. That's a stretch, but. If she makes it, that's a huge accomplishment. Just getting on the team mm-hmm. would be uh, incredible. And it would be maybe part of her motivation is like, oh, yeah, I could. They had talked about her going to soccer, doing something else. I'd go to another sport and maybe be comparatively better than I would be yeah. at the 200. But I think maybe some of her motivation is like, oh, they don't want to talk about me. They don't want me to be in their meet. I'm going to get in their meet. I'm yeah. going to get in their meet. And even if it's only for one round, then they're going to have to deal with it. And you know what happens, Lincoln, if she does get as good as Dean Asher-Smith or Shauna Miller-Webo? I know the answer. I've seen the, the finale of this episode I know what ha- or this season. I know what happens. You Are you saying World Athletics would try to change their rule down to 200 as well? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And wow. I hope we get back to a time when we can argue about stuff like that because even though that's a very serious issue, that just seems so much more uh, – in our wheelhouse to talk about and so much lighter than what we're talking about, but 100%. Absolutely they would. Who's going to be the guy that swings for the fences and says, not only is Caster Semenya shouldn't be in the 200, but also she's wearing Nike's new spikes. <laughs> and uh, I just want to get back to a simpler time like that. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement there. But, I mean, I, I don't want to say, like, can World Athletics do that? Because, unfortunately, they absolutely can. Yeah. But how ridiculous and and just... I mean, how embarrassing are they willing to make themselves if they're, you know, there's been no indication of them doing this. They have other things to do right now. But are you willing to go that far to say we don't want Caster Semenya in the sport? Because yeah, the way the ban was found the loophole. The way the ban was written, it was a ban on basically on Caster Semenya. It was not yeah. a, a ban on DSD athletes, really, because there was that yeah. quote when it came out from someone on the IWF medical team basically is like, yeah, anytime somebody dominates an event for a period of time, then we're going to look into that. It's just like, wait, what? Where's the science in that? It's just, it's so subjective, so capricious. And I think that's what would happen. Now, I think she's going to be in that zone where she's good enough to, to qualify, maybe. I mean, it's still going to be tough, man. You're talking about dropping yeah. a good amount of time in the 200, but also not good enough to where she's going to advance out of the uh next round there was an athlete i don't want to say the person's name because i don't think it was ever confirmed but in doha uh, that switched down to the 200 yes from the 400 that made it uh didn't didn't factor in i'll just say that <laughs> didn't factor in and i don't know if anything no. was ever written about the athlete so i'll double check on that and then loop back around but it is tough. I mean, the, yeah, 49 seconds is fast in the 400, but that doesn't guarantee that she's going to be able to really turn it over and get that. She's going to get faster in the 200, though. Or I don't – her, you know, I – Yes. Definitely yes, think but, she's going to be somebody that's going to be breaking 23 seconds. If there's still going to be meets going on as there have been in in South Africa, Caster the, the irony here is Caster Semenya could be the only show in town for a bit. In track and field, if, if mm-hmm. there's still meets going on right now, which would be just a classic case of uh, middle finger to world athletics. I mean, they, they, it's not their unintended fault. Unintended consequences. Yeah. yeah, unintended consequences for sure. And that's – do they have a committee on this draft and how we can uh, take the, the wide out to the 400 through the, uh, through the 1500 and make it – just go ahead, you know, for safety, guys, let's go ahead and just make it 200 to the 5K because we don't think she can do the 10K. So yeah. let's just, I mean, it's just like, all you got to do is change that 4 to a 2 if we can just <laughs> wipe that out and, and we're good We're good to go because, uh, yeah, this, uh, interesting to see how this is going to play out. Uh, and I'm, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm rooting for her. That's not a journalist thing to do, but just going to be fun to, to watch her pursue this. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I would have liked to see her in the 800 and the 400 or the 800 and the 1500. But. Yeah, and I can hear the argument of people who wouldn't. I, I would. But but if you're rooting for world athletics to come in and, and modify their rule to, to continue to keep her out, then I think you've got other issues other than just not wanting DSD women to compete against non-DSD women. Yeah, your problem is not with 
your problem goes beyond just that one athlete at that point. That ain't it. Oh, <laughs> definitely not it. Gordon Gordon sent us a text. He said Tom Brady's not going to re-sign with the Patriots, <laughs> and he wants us to put that in track terms. I, I don't know. It would be like if Matt Sentwitz left NOP. <laughs> It'd be like if Allison Felix left Nike. There you go. <laughs> All right, well, there we solved it. <laughs> Allison Felix started with Adidas technically, so she was okay. So she she, she switched uh, a yeah. couple times, kind of more like LeBron, I guess you could say. Um, It'd be like if LeBron left the Cavs. <laughs> Turns out that there this has happened before. Yeah, and Tom Brady leaving. Uh, you know, I know you're not really a football fan. Um, nope. And and I. Uh, I, I am a football fan, and I'm surprised to see Tom Tom Brady leave. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, all good things come to an end. Maybe he was tired of parking his car in Harvard Yard and wanted to get out of get out of Boston. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a bad impersonation. Yeah, I mean, I can't do any other other. Is that I, your I, one? I, is that that's my one? I yeah. mean, yeah, that's everyone does the park your car in Harvard Yard. Um, that that's maybe I'll watch the town in between today and tomorrow's episode and kind of like get a little cleaner grasp of the the Boston accent. We'll have to see. I, you know, I'm going to be interested to see what Bill Simmons says. Let's be honest. I we both. I don't really care where Tom Brady plays. I don't care if he retires and just takes his millions wherever he wants. But I am always interested in. I I hate to say this, but like somewhat negative things happening to Boston fans because then the entertainment on Bill Simmons' podcast is just on a new level. And so this will be funny to see where he goes, where, where the Bill Simmonsian takes go today and where he puts, you know, Tom Brady on the boss. It's going to be Boston rankings and it's just going to be like him yeah. playing his greatest hits and it's going to be a parody of Bill Simmons himself. He may even have Bill's dad on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's, where I, that's where I am entertained by this, basically. Boston hasn't won enough. I've always, I've always said that. Yeah. And I mean... I remember a time when the Red, like before the Red Sox went on their run, and I genuinely was like rooting for them in the World Series because I believed in all that stuff. But oh man, mm. you guys are down on your luck. And then it, all it took was like three years later, and I was like, I am so sick of Boston. I, I cheered for I cheered for the Celtics too when they were in the those finals. I kind of liked that that team was was a fun team and oh man, rooting against KG, the Lakers. KG Ray Ray Allen and Rondo. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a that was a fun group. That was a fun group. I Paul Pierce. I, I, yeah, it was fun Paul to cheer Pierce. against. The, I mean, I like cheering against the Lakers. I was in LA at that time. I'm just oppositional in my fandom. That's that's pretty much it. Um, a Lakers hater. So we got some so, emails here. Yeah. Um, I wanted to read a couple of them. Actually, all of them that are. I mean, some of them don't apply, but we'll give it a shot anyway. Um, Andrew wrote in said, I know it's probably getting tough to do daily podcasts with hardly any running news events occurring. One potential topic could be to talk about some virtual races, since these are basically the only type of races going on right now. Virtual races, although not ideal, can at least in some ways still give people a little motivation to continue training and can help people stay connected with other runners virtually in this time of isolation and social distancing. Okay. What are your thoughts on virtual races? Well, I'd have to learn more. I'm going to eventually click on this link that Andrew provided to uh oh they made, a, they made a shirt social distance virtual 5k because i was like why do you have to pay 30 dollars to sign up for a virtual race uh but you get a medal and a shirt okay <laughs> uh the directions wow. the directions to the race is just a map of the entire world <laughs> <laughs> well see people are going to be at different altitudes is there going to be conversions no we're not no you do not get conversions and it says <laughs> the date of the race monday march 16th through thursday april 30th Hopefully it's yeah. only that. And then all of humanity worldwide is the who's invited and where it is. Uh, wow. So whoever put this together at least had a little bit of sense of humor. Um, and then you email your time in. Is this just the honor code? Like are we – Yeah, I don't work? Think, well, I mean you could do it on Strava, right? Right, right. Um, I'm just going to say, I mean yesterday I wasn't feeling great. So like 1404 was the best I could do. For uh, two miles? I, go ahead, <laughs> I, I do not know if I can run 1404 for two miles. I would definitely be breathing hard if I did 1404 at, at, 
at, at two miles right now. That's that's where I'm at. I'm at, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm you know I've I've got a, I've got one kid, got another on the way. I'm just embracing dad life um, mm-hmm. to its fullest. So. Yeah, my that was a joke at fourteen oh four pod or fourteen oh four five k. I could uh, could not do that, and two miles would be questionable at this point at that pace too. So there you I go. I have fit. I have fitness goals during the era of social distancing. I'm trying to. I'm trying to stay oh, in yeah. shape. Well, well, let's 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 say we both were going to do this though, and and submit it on his time, and you could pick anywhere in the world to to run your your uh, virtual five k. Where would you run your five k at? Oh. This is a good question. Does it need to be on a track? Oh, I've, I would or, say not. No. Anywhere. Where, now, do I? So I need to run it with social. Di- so it's like me by myself, right? Preferably. Okay. Let's be safe. Um. Can I go back in time? I, all we have is time. And okay. you can go backwards, sure. I mean, I would go backwards and run it on. There was this little venue uh, off Baggett <laughs> Street in Eugene, Oregon. No, I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to go again that road again. Um, <laughs> geez, Stanley Park in Vancouver, British Columbia, is beautiful. Okay. Uh, mm. I would enjoy that. Although it's kind of windy, so but it's awesome views because it's, it's blown off of the uh, off the coast there. So, but if I was concerned about my times, maybe not. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, what's another place? I would love to run. I mean, I I lived in LA for a bunch of years, so just right along the strand there on the beach, that sounds pretty awesome. Anywhere between Torrance all the way up to Santa Monica. What about you? Springfield? Oh, no. I was thinking a little place. Now, I know they just canceled or postponed at least. I haven't figured out which. Oh. Uh, their, their Diamond League. But a little place called Khalifa Stadium with the AC <laughs> pumping. Turned yes. out to be pretty fast last year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I know they probably converted it back to a soccer stadium by now, but I, I like that track. And just I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the mood for some 2019. Everyone last year yeah. saying 2019, oh, you know, there were so many bad things that happened in 2019. 2020 uh, definitely said hold my beer. Um, so I'm, look, I'm, I'm thinking back. To, to better times in 2019. Yeah, or, yeah in 2019. So, yeah, I, I'd go with Khalifa Stadium with the AC pumping. That's a good pick. I didn't even think mm-hmm. about that. I like that yeah. pick. I, I mean, I'll, I'll rabbit you. I'll have to stay six feet in front of you. <laughs> but I know that stadium well. We did not do the media race last year. So we have some unfinished business there. We do. We do. Yeah, I didn't want to embarrass myself with a... Like a two fifty eight of which I would have been like out of commission for like a day and a half after that. So... Well, that's one of those ideas that seems really good on paper. And when we got there, I was like, yeah, we're definitely doing the media race. And then after two days, it was just, no. This, wasn't it like at 1 p.m. or something like that? Because they do I it mean, just so ridiculous. Like, that's the – yeah, that was like the hour I was waking up for, yeah. for the most part every day. It just was – it was untenable for at least me. And maybe we both weren't as good as other people because, you know, Let's Run did it. Uh, Cathal from wherever he was working for at the time, I think Runner's World uh, – was like running like 157 it's yeah, just like who well, are you right now what are what superhuman like elixir are you on uh wada wada wants to know who cathal is too just just <laughs> fyi i'm not again i'm not reporting that i'm not saying that's fact <laughs> all i'm saying is that when we resume media 800s when track meets get under underway i have some uh i have some tips for my friends at wada of who they should be investigating <laughs> wow Okay. Um, <laughs> the guy. No. How totally long is he going to do re- this? How long is he going to be able to show up at these meets and drop? Doesn't he do this on the regular? Like he runs like one fifty. He was celebrating early. Yeah. He. I asked him in Doha. He's getting um, no sleep. He's on his feet the whole day, just like we are. Yeah. Um. He, I asked him what his PB is, and it's only like one fifty. I think his 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 distance is so. So if you're not familiar with the media race, it's always an eight hundred. Should have made that made that clear at the at the top. Um, and Cathal Dennehy, who writes for many outlets, he's from, based in Ireland, uh, fantastic runner, always wins the media race easily mm-hmm. and runs somewhere between like 154 and 158, pretty, pretty relaxed. And if you're, you know, a, if you're a high school, solid high school runner or college runner or professional, you're like, oh, well, that's not that great. But when you've lived the media life for a while yeah. and, and you're not you know, training for things. It, it, let's let's just say it blows the rest of us out of the water. Um, it's it's some serious business, and uh, yeah, 
I, I definitely let's let's get some testing in the in the media race because it's not fair to the rest of us who are just trying to crack two forty. Yeah, you know, off off bread and water, and uh, and and you know, and the occasional beer and 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 you know, the occasional. I don't know Snickers. It's it's just not fair, you know. The the rest of us who are busting our our tail to to actively not be in shape. It's 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 not fair to the rest of us. Yeah, I. But in lighter times, I started organizing via Twitter the media five k for twenty twenty one because I I've appointed myself media ambassador, even though I'm not in any. I have not been told that that's my role, and I've started accepting applications and assigning bib numbers. And so far, mm-hmm. I think I have three people. Chavez, John Mulkeen, and I think Cathal wanted in. Um, but we're gonna oh, do a great. Fi- so he can run like fourteen thirty. Cool. No, well, we're doing a five. I think that's that's the way to beat him. Put him on a five k situation. Get him out of the trap. Yeah. Again, also with the advanced testing, I think there's multiple ways to to bring him back back down to earth. I just well, and what what shoes is he wearing too? Oh, I mean, we got to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Man, we- shoes seems like yeah. a, li- a bygone era. Uh, no one's talking about it right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to bring it back. <laughs> so virtual races, media races, just, yeah, racing is fun. But right now, use common sense, folks. Um, mm-hmm. We got one from Lynn here. She just wanted to say uh, that she loved the show. Um, hoping against hope that coronavirus cri- crisis will ease so that the pro part of track is not trash and Olympics can be held. She says, uh, hope that Peyton Jordan happens. It's her all-time favorite meet because she's an avid distance running fan. Uh, says she, she loves our youthful enthusiasm. So she must be talking about you and uh, you and Gordon because hey, I'm, I'm older. I'm, I haven't crossed the thirty barrier yet, so I'm still quite youth, youthful. Useful, useful. Yeah, useful and youthful. Hey. Although my knees do hurt, and every once in a while, my wife will point out that uh, a new gray hair. She kind of she covers uh, my grain. That's her. That's her beat. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So I got news yeah. for you. I got news for you. Well, you can look at me and see the future a little bit. Of what it's gonna be <laughs> like. it, when it goes, man, it goes quickly. Still can't grow a great so. beard, but definitely can can be turning gray. It's it's awesome how I seem like I never fully became an adult, and now I'm just getting old. That's that's really yeah. cool. You're a ch- you're a man. You're an old man child. Yeah, are. it's cool. It's a it's a fun stage to be in. <laughs> um. Oh, we were asking for content ideas. Benjamin wrote in, what about a Jim Walmsley mini-doc? Well, first of all, if it's going to be about Jim Walmsley, it's not going to be mini. It's going to be like a nine-part, each part, eight hours. <laughs> I mean, that's how you have to cover a an ultramarathoner. It'd who, be like the Irishman part- would be just the prologue, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he, his race in, uh, in Atlanta, the, the marathon trials, he said, yeah, you know – there was a funny moment where John Goldletsrun.com with his slight British accent asked Jim what was how was the hurt? How did the hurt compare? And Walmsley couldn't understand what he was saying. Uh, and he said, How does the heart compare? And he said, No, and then you know, Galt said, No, the hurt. And he said, How does the hard compare? It was just a fun moment overall. But anyways, when we finally got when 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 everything was laid out there and, and we understood what was being asked, Jim Walmsley said, You know, the hurt it's 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 not it's not quite the same because you know in a marathon you're only out there for two hours and I was like yeah of course I mean who can't just we all can just be in excruciating pain for two hours yeah, I mean, yeah that's yeah. that's just a drop in the bucket that's not that bad but when you're talking about being out there for a for a hundred k and you got three hours to go I mean that's well it does feel, I thought that was funny well it's this is not a in any way shape or form a perfect example but it's like you know you're good at the five thousand and then. Uh, Lopez, Lamong, and Danny Jones accepted here, and then you run an eight hundred. It's just it to- it's totally different, right? Right. It's a, t- a totally different sensation. Both are hard, but in different ways. Um, but yeah, people love talking Jim Walmsley mini doc. Yeah, we'll talk to our editors. We'll figure it out. Um, in a world where we can't travel, <laughs> <laughs> Jim Walmsley got in miles. Yeah, and maybe in six months, this is all going to seem uh, premature. But yeah. keep the ideas coming, even simple, mm-hmm. even simple ones. Um, I want to read this one from Nate, and this was written six days ago as well on the lead up to NCAA's after our uh, buy and sell segment. I think that Gordon and I did, and this yep. would this could fold in nicely to your unanswered questions. But again, he writing this as if the meet was going to happen. Um, 
talks about Tania Marshall, how consistent she was. And then he talks about Oregon men's DMR was sold in the men's DMR with guaranteeing them losing to Notre Dame. For the women's DMR, it was said that if BYU ran gas, 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 there would be no way Stanford would win. Why would Oregon not be in the same boat if they ran gas, gas, gas? Oregon ran their time two months ago, and since then they have pretty much ran faster versus Notre Dame, only being a few weeks removed from their fastest time. In a gas, gas, gas scenario, Oregon has about two to three second improvement at sea level on their DMR record, while Notre Dame had to chase down and edge another team to run 925. Interesting note that no publication has mentioned the men's mile. Well, you did after that. Let's just correct the record there in your preview, right? You talked about the men's mile? Yeah, I didn't mention James West. Okay. Char- Oops. <laughs> well, he says Charlie Hunter was ag- agreeably sold, but no media outlet has stated the obvious in the ranking. James West, who was ranked seventh in the 357, it, uh, he said he has a 336, which converts to around a 354, which then begs the question, is he actually the highest seed? And if so, uh, could that make the team projection shift in a perfect scenario by Oregon going 1-2 in the mile with a pretty legitimate shot to win the DMR? And you have 28 points already without even factoring any other events. They more than likely will score in. Listen, Nate Dogg just blew my mind and may have gotten us all fired, but I do want to just say that, well, first of all, all his points are very good. Yes. So thanks for the email, Nate. Two, a lot of these takes, I feel like we're Gordons, so we go ahead and put those in a category of themselves. Yeah. Of yeah. Being ill-informed. Now, I will take the credit, excuse me, not the credit, the, the slack of... Um, the blame. The blame, there you go, for not considering James West. But I've already played out the meat in my head, and James, he got like sixth. So I'm just letting Nate know that his takes, while appreciated, uh, they're just wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they're, they're just wrong. He brings up some good points, and he's pointing out that, sure, we contradict ourselves quite frequently. But I, I'm just here to let him know I saw the meat play out, and James, James West got sixth. No. On a serious note, uh, no, he he definitely uh, brought up some good some good points there, and and because of the fact that NAU got so much hype about their distance team, and, and the hype was exclusively on the shoulders of Gordon Mack, um, we kind of ignored Oregon to our detriment a little bit. But yes, or- Oregon certainly had a similar thing going with their distance squad. And I, listen, I didn't give a lot of pay attention to the three thirty six fifteen hundred record because that's not a real indoor record. Correct. That converts yeah. to three fifty four. Okay, that converts three fifty four. While Cheserek ran three fifty two in the you know in the mile, and then he didn't even win the mile. So it's not an apples to oranges perfect scenario type of a thing. Um, and you put some other guys in there. I, I think you know you would have seen Oliver Hoare run run that too. So it just was a perfect scenario for James West to run that three thirty six when he ran that Josh Thompson race. Yeah. But I think the point being on the Oregon side, we definitely discounted them a little bit because some of uh, some guys in their way had been there, done that before them, but they certainly had a fantastic indoor season. I think the really good point that Nate makes was strategically, they could have potentially gotten some ground on Notre Dame and Wisconsin in that DMR. And yeah, those guys can chase and catch, but also think about who the coach is at Oregon now. It's Ben Thomas. Yes. He employed that. He had a similar makeup of a team at Virginia Tech where he had a lot of depth and he wasn't just relying on a good miler to win the DMR and he made sure the DMR was a four-leg race Uh and not not just a one-leg race so he's right he's right we probably and I don't know what I said in that I might I thought I brought up the Ben Thomas point but uh perhaps I didn't um and I brought that up in my preview you you must have because uh because I brought it up in my preview and I just take all of your ideas and I just I just you know, basically repurpose your ideas. That's how if you I want do my to job. write, dude. My hands don't type anymore, so if you want to, uh, <laughs> if you want to just write everything I say down, put your name on yep. it. I'm totally cool with that. Um, cool. Writing is writing is hard. Tweeting is way easier. I found. It's just so much more compact and convenient, and you know, I, I'm just gonna get a Patreon going. I think at this point for your tweets, for my own content. Yeah. For my, yeah, my tweets, just my thoughts. Uh, this. <laughs> This this segment of the podcast, this last thirty seconds of the podcast, brought to you by my yet to be established Patreon. Uh, just go there. I'm going to be putting up some premium content. So please, folks, email in flowtrackpodcast at gmail dot com. We really do appreciate you guys tuning in, keeping it going. Again, this is a five day a week podcast. We're not going to stop. Uh, but send us topics you're interested in us debating. 
suggestions for guests, etc. We will take it all. Lincoln, Perfect. thank you so much for joining me from the Shrike headquarters in <laughs> an area adjacent to Austin, Texas. No, I'm still in Austin, Texas. Uh, to, as we've all joked about, purchased a home just before this uh, economic recession. So there's just a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I feel like I'm going to be a stand-up comedian at the end of all this. Just that there's been so many things that have been comedic about my life recently. Buying a home pre yeah. a, re- a pandemic created recession is going to be on top of that list. So no, not in that house, um, in, in my rented house currently. But, you know, I've got two residences that I can employ for this podcast. Who knows? Maybe by the end of the week I'll be in a, in a home adjacent to Austin, Texas. But still in Austin as, as, as we speak. So... That's where things stand. Just make sure the internet's good regardless of where you go because people need right. to be able to access uh, your thoughts so that way they can be inspired to sign on to your Patreon. <laughs> right. All right. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.